Hey, it's me, the Kentucky Guy, and I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Red Pill Burn News Podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about Anthony Blinken and the corruption that follows the Biden family and administration everywhere they go. This will be part one of a probably two to three part special report. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And once again, thank you for listening to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. Ah-ha! All right, and welcome to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. I'm your host, the truth finder, your truth seeker, the absolute truth, the Kentucky guy. Hope everybody's having a fantastic day today, and thank you for joining us on this special report. Now, if this is your first time listening to the show, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button, no matter which platform you're listening to us from. We're on 73 audio platforms, including iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Apple iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the list goes on. Also, for you sports fans and wrestling fans out there, I do co-host with Donnie Cage Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We do two episodes a week every Tuesday and Saturday. We talk about pro wrestling, past, present, and future. If you'd ever like to be a guest on this show, you can always email me at olkentucky, olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. That's Kentucky spelled out. 99 at yahoo.com here we talk about political news world news current events special reports and we do have some interesting interviews with people from all walks of life occasionally also in the description in your podcast description are links to our social media as well as our merch shop and website so be sure to Check that out, out as well. All right. So let's get into, boy, oh, boy, I tell you what, is it hot where you're all listening to us from? It has been in the beautiful state of Kentucky here. It has been hot, hot, hot. I mean, whoa, just amazingly hot, breathtaking hot, crazy. Hope you guys are staying cool wherever you're at and being safe. So let's go ahead and get into this special report. Now it is time for the Red Pills special report with your host, the Kentucky Guy. Today's segment is none other about none other than Anthony Blinken. Yeah, uh, he's the uh, current uh, United States Secretary of State uh, for the corrupt Biden administration. And I want to give you guys, I've never talked about this gentleman on our show, but with all these indictments coming out against Trump, 
and all this corruption. You know, here's the thing. If you're willing to take the time and actually search for it, and you really want to see it, there's no shortage of corruption and conflicts, conflicts of interest surrounding the current fake administration at the White House. Very, very easy to find. And this guy right here plays a major hand in it that nobody's talking about. So first of all, let's backtrack a little bit. Who is? Who, who is? Anthony Blinken. Anthony John Blinken is an American government official, diplomat, and has been serving since January 26, 2021, as the 71st United States Secretary of State. He previously served as the Deputy National Security Advisor from 2013 to 2015 and Deputy Secretary of State from 2015 to 2017 under President Obama. During the Clinton administration, Blackton served in the State Department and in a senior position on the National Security Council from 1994 to 2001. He was a senior fellow at the Center for Strategic and International Studies from 2001 to 2002. He advocated for the 2003 invasion of Iraq while serving as the Democratic Staff Director of the State Foreign Relations Committee from 2002 to 2008. He was a foreign policy advisor for Joe Biden's 2008 presidential campaign before advising the Obama-Biden uh, presidential transaction or transition. Now, so right there tells you what is he. He's a full-time politician. Right? That's all he's known since 94. Yeah, politician. In the past couple of years, there have been a flurry of new information coming out surrounding the narrative battle that took place in the fall of 2020 over the legitimacy of the Hunter Biden laptop. By the way, I need to give a shout out and, and uh, thanks to John, who, got, who was able to dig up a lot of this information for me. Uh, and also a couple of other members of the uh, team who have just been incredible uh, helping me find information on this character. One of the biggest revelations to that so far came from the House Judiciary Committee on April 20th of this year, 2023. Uh, the Chairman uh, Jim, uh, Jim Jordan and House Intelligence Committee Mike Turner, Chairman, issued a press release titled, New Testimony Reveals Secretary Blinken and Biden Campaign Behind the Infamous Public Statement on the Hunter Biden Laptop. Oh, here's my shock face. So, new testimony. This was put out, by the way. We'll give credit to the Washington, D.C. Post. New testimony by Michael uh, Morrell, a former deputy direct director of Central Intelligence Agency and one of the 57 signatures of the public statement on Hunter Biden's emails revealed that the U.S. Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, then senior advisor to Biden campaign, was the impetus of the public statement signed 
in October 2020 that falsely implied that the New York Post reporting about Hunter Biden was the intelligence uh, was a product of Russian disinformation. In response, House uh, Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan and House Intelligence Committee Chairman Mike Turner just sent a letter to Secretary Blinken demanding documents and communications related to the committee's investigation. So this bombshell right here showed us that Biden's campaign actively sought to shape the public's perception of the Hunter Biden laptop story by prompting the signing and release, release of this letter. The man from the Biden campaign allegedly behind these actions was our current Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken. On its own, this is remarkable, but I think there's much more to it. Let's revisit real quick a notable situation that took place in 2020 related to Hunter Biden's laptop. It was on, let's see, December 19, 2022. Michael Schellenberg revealed during a Twitter file, Twitter file thread that the Aspen Institute, a liberal think tank, held a tabletop exercise on potential hack and dump operation relating to Hunter Biden. The goal of this exercise was to shape how the media covered it. From the Washington Post, Free Beacon. Think tank, tank funded, funded by pro-Biden billionaires colluded with journalists and big tech to kill Hunter Biden coverage. Chuck Ross wrote this. A peroptic think tank funded by billionaire supporters of President Joe Biden colluded with social media companies and journalists to minimize news coverage of the Hunter Biden emails before the 2020 election. Internal Twitter doc documents show Aspen Digital, an arm of the liberal Aspen Institute in September 2020, convened a working group of social media executives, journalists, and Academics to develop coverage strategy for hypothetical hack and dump of Hunter Biden's emails, according to the documents published this week by independent reporter Michael Schallenberg. Uh, Garrett Graff, director of cyber initiatives at Aspen Digital, a part of the Aspen Institute, was one of the organizers of the tabletop exercise on October 7, 2020, one week before the New York Post published the laptop story. Graf published an article for Wired for Wired detailing the lesson learned from the tabletop exercise he helped organize. In fact, so-called hack and leaks remain one of the most difficult stories to confront appropriately as we enter the final weeks of the 2020 presidential campaign. Each day seems uh, primed for an October surprise. It's worth thinking deeply about what makes these incidents, what makes these incidents so uh, pronunciable, and how we as a news media and society might respond more maturely and rationally than in 2016. From dozens of conversations this year with numerous reporters, editors, researchers, and executives. As well as tabletop exercise, I ran at the Aspen Institute 
This summer, along with Vivian Sheeler, the former CEO of National Public Radio, who now directs Aspen's media and technology program, it is clear there is a shared unease about how the news media handled the 2016 Russian attack on the DNC and the Clinton campaign, Chair John uh, Podesta. The unease stems not from any partisan preference or against Hillary Clinton. It has to do with the sense that the U.S. media allowed itself to be the delivery mecha- uh, mechanism for a Russian attack on our democracy. A hack and leak is among the most likely attacks the U.S. might face in closing weeks of the president's race. It's also one of the hardest to respond to adequately and effectively. The path forward requires understanding both the lessons of the previous attacks and why Donald Trump's words and actions have made the current landscape particularly vulnerable. What we might expect this fall. Very interesting here. The most troubling problem with confronting hack and leak operations in 2020 is the special challenge of Donald Trump, a president uh, uniquely inclined to disregard democratic norms, spread unfounded uh, conspiratorial notions, and encourage questions about the legitimacy of the election. Donald's day-to-day and encouragement of foreign assistance means that rather ensuing or condemning such operations, he seems uh, inclined to wholeheartedly embrace the leak of stolen documents. What? <laughs> Ooh. Oh, okay. Perhaps we didn't know the full truth about Hunter Biden's role with the company. So, let's see. Through the exercise, which was designed to build upon the work of, remember, this is the guy that was part of the exercise that the billionaires that support Biden, blah, blah, blah. Uh, upon the work, the researchers, Jane Zern and Andrew, who have studied hack and leaks and published 10 guidelines for what they call propaganda reporting, uh, we tested how various responses by journalists and news media might alter the trajectory of the story. It's clear there's a, a better part forward. What we found in that successful response to hack and leak requires new organizations to blend one thing they're good at, skepticism, and one thing they're not, careful, slow deliberation. Huh. We bottled our lesson down to four C's. Cooperate, contextualize, control, and curate. Wow. My personal favorite of those four, I guess, is uh, contextualize. (laughs) Here's their meaning. Let's see. Contextualize. Reporting responsibly also requires providing readers and viewers the best available content. Just as news organizations have gotten better about, wow, confronting Donald Trump's myriad lies and the distortions with truth sandwiches, that is, contextualizing his inaccuracies with actual facts. Both news organizations and tech platforms should endeavor to preserve report, uh, to preface reporting on hack and leaks with the clearest possible 
attribute, every article and report on the subject should be framed at the start, ideally even in the headline, as reinforcing the adversarial nature of the news. In 2016, DNC and John Podesta email leak, for instance, the coverage should have been more explicit. You're reading this because Vladimir Putin wants you to. Bullcrap. <laughs> you know, you got to give them one thing, right? They don't give up. I mean, let's just be honest. They do not. They don't stop. The extent to which news organizations such as the New York Times were and were not comp- complicit in Russian play by reporting on emails will be the topic of journalism school discourse for years to come. Nearly four years later, in the midst of a, another hotly contentious presidential election, news outlets are wrestling with more urgent questions. What should be done if this happens again? The Washington Post, for one, is making sure its reporters and editors are prepared for that, out, uh, for that outcome. In a memo to the newsroom, on Wednesday morning, executive editor Marty Barron outlined five principles for covering potential hack or leak material ahead of the election. <laughs> I, you know, 2020 vision. In hindsight, both the tabletop exercise and the letter signed by the IC officials appear to be part of the same coordinate campaign to discredit the Hunter Biden information that they clearly knew would be coming. This is a logical assumption we can make based on the available information. The tabletop exercise provided the roadmap for how the media, big tech, and social media companies would handle the release of the Hunter Biden hack and dump information. The letter signed by the 51 IC officials would give those same companies the justification they needed to bury the story. It was alleged by Michael Morrell that Anthony Blinken was the individual from the Biden campaign who promoted the letter. Was he also the one who prompted the tabletop exercise? Hmm. With that question in mind, I started digging into Anthony Blinken and the Aspen Institute. What I did find was damning enough. But what I didn't find tells me there's even a bigger story here. Without a doubt, Anthony Blinken is a former member of Aspen Institute. The same think tank which hosted the tabletop exercise regarding the Hunter Biden hack and dump. A 2009 book published by Aspen Institute titled America, American Purpose listed Blinken as a member of the Aspen Institute, Aspen uh, Strategy Group. Uh-huh. By the way, folks, always do your own research. Get out there and, and dig in. You can find us on our website. You just do a little bit of digging. You can find all the proof. Shoot, if you want to see screenshots, I've got them. I can email them to you. But do your own research. Don't ever take anybody's word for anything. This alone proves that he at least had some connection to the Aspen Institute as back as far as 2009. What was weird is this was literally the only thing 
we were able to find factually connecting LinkedIn to the Aspen Institute. We spent hours, and I mean hours, digging, and there was not to mention anywhere, nothing in any of his bios, not a trace of anywhere else on the internet, including the Aspen Institute website. It was pure luck that we stumbled across this 2009 book where Blinken is listed. So I decided that if I couldn't find anything myself, maybe I should call in some backup. And that's when I called in some other people for assistance out of Washington. Now, actually, I didn't call him. John did. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. John did. So when he started going back and forth uh, with this group, this story started to snowball into something much bigger. The actions of Biden campaign leading up to the 2020 election started to make a lot more sense. And here's what we found. The first thing I need you to keep in mind is that these guys has a knowledge cutoff date of September 2021. At least that was the case for the version I was for the version I was using. Here's verification of that cutoff date. You'll see why the information cutoff date is important shortly. I began asking about Blinken and his connections to the Aspen Institute, and they disclosed that Blinken was a member of the Aspen Strategy Group since at least 2017. If Blinken was a member of the Aspen Strategy Group since 2017 and was current through 2021, we can logically assume that Blinken would have been a part of the Aspen Institute in September of 2020, right? When they hosted the hack and dump exercise. We continue the search trying to prove that fact. We had already searched the Aspen Institute website and found nothing. So, I asked for new sources and said, this is where things got weird. Every single source provided by this group in Washington came up with 404 not found. Now, I, you know, of course I found that weird. So, I earned the links into all the archiving websites I could find. And not a single one had any history of these articles. Not even the titles of the articles would show up when searched online. Everything came up empty. So I then asked this group for more news articles referencing Blinken's membership in the Aspen Strategy Group. Once again, all links provided back. 404 not found. Nothing showed up on any of the archiving sites. I just continued asking for more and more articles and links trying to find something that would work. In total, I tried, I think, right around 13 unique what they call links that the group provided and not one ended up working directly or through an archiving website. Try searching for these links and title articles yourself if you like. I can email them to you just so you could see what I'm talking about. It's just, it's crazy. So remember that this group is only current, uh, current up to September of 2021. Is it possible that since that date, all the information regarding Blinken's connections were scrubbed from the Internet? That could be kind of a stretch, right? But considering none of these links even showed up on the archiving sites, it was the most plausible explanation that I could come up with. Since I hit a brick wall with finding the articles, 
uh, I resorted to having the group provide me with the text directly, which is where I stumbled upon further evidence that Blinken was a member of Aspen Strategy Group at the time of the tabletop exercise. Yes. So this is part one of the special report. Told you these podcasts are going to be uh, around 20 to 30 minutes. And but we're going to have more of them during the week. And I'm sticking to that. So this is part one of part two. Maybe part three. It's pretty long. We got a lot of stuff stuff on this guy. I want to prove to you how corrupt he is. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening. And you've been listening to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. One, two, three, four. With your host, the Kentucky Guy. And as always, thanks so much for listening, and God bless, and God bless America. Thank you all.